0: Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more
1: productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Craft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like are you an overbuyer or underbuyer, a morning person or night person, Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack. A quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin an Odyssey Podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so, that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here, and one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made, and so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out, uh, and also check out the show True Blood, Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max, and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Our guest today is Dustin Milligan. He stars in the new movie, The People We Hate at the Wedding, which is out November 18th on Amazon. Uh, you also might know him from things like Shit's Creek the 90210 reboot. Dustin, how's it going? It is going so well. Thank you so much for having me. I just watched you on Watch What Happens Live. And I think myself and a lot of other Bravo fans, we loved seeing you on that uh, in that atmosphere because Bravo, the fan base, we love our shows. And so anytime a celebrity like yourself loves our shows as well, it's a thrill. So I do want to ask you a bunch of Bravo questions if that's okay.
2: I, I mean, I'm happy to only talk about Bravo right now. Okay, good. good. What, what was it like? <laughs> How was Watch What Happens Live for you? It was so. Uh, it was everything I had hoped for and more. I like my wife and I. We watch uh, like so many of the Bravo shows. Not all of them. Not we don't watch all of the Housewives, but we watch a lot of them. And uh, so obviously, we watch a lot of Watch What Happens Live. And uh, we. we <laughs> We were always watching it, and and she would just turn to me and be like, "You would, you would like crush it on this." Shit. And I'm like, "I, I want to, I want that to be true. I want that to actually uh, come to fruition." And um, when uh, we started doing uh, press, we were like setting up the press for the people we hate at the wedding. I reached out to uh, the uh, PR team and asked, like, "Hey, d- could you guys like work this out? Because I feel like this is like the perfect movie for this audience, and then also." selfishly I just want to get on there and meet Andy and like ideally sit next to a housewife uh and yeah all of that came true it it just blew my mind I love it what what's
1: uh the housewives that you watch which franchises do you tune into uh
2: so we watch uh New Jersey we watch uh uh you know we didn't we don't watch New York currently um we love Salt Lake we love Atlanta uh potomac i just started like i hammered through the first three seasons uh and then i'm up to date on the current season so i have like a bit of a gap to go through but potomac to me i think is probably my favorite um which everyone was saying for years like you gotta watch potomac gotta watch potomac and i finally uh took that advice and i'm very grateful for that um but yeah uh new jersey we watched dallas uh when when that was on and uh OC, you know, we we still tune in, but it's um, Wait, that Justin, one's a bit
1: of an effort. Can I just can I just stop you? I, what I love most about Bravo fans is that you say we say things like I don't watch them all, and then you just name them
2: all. <laughs> well, no, but I have. Here's what <laughs> I'll say: is I haven't watched Dubai, and then Miami. You know, I caught a few episodes, but that one I haven't totally gotten into. I'll tell you a secret about Miami. Season two of Miami is like one of the greatest of all. So have, like the original, the original, the original yes. season. So two. I did. I did tune in, and this is a long time ago. Like when, like before I really kind of di- dove back into the the Bravo world when I first was introduced to it. And so I I, I was watching uh, a bit back then, and I remember it being very good back then. I probably have to go back and. I mean, yeah. There's just
1: I, there's only so much time in the day. I know. Well, you just <laughs> named 15 shows, and there's a lot to keep up with.
2: Well, that's just the Housewives, by the way. I also watch Below Deck. uh You know, Summer House, uh, Winter House, uh, yeah, Vanderpump uh, Rules, uh, Southern Charm. Uh, yes, Vanderpump, uh not Southern Charm. I gotta be okay. honest, Southern that's Charm, okay. I, I really struggle with.
1: Yeah, I get it. um Let's start with Salt Lake City. So. You were on with Whitney Wildrose. What are you making uh, so far of this feud between her and Heather Gay, Bad Weather? Do
2: you side with either of them? Where do you fall? So Heather and Whitney are my two favorites on the show. I love them both. And I feel like I, I sort of it's interesting because I always think of the different housewives as sort of uh fitting somewhere on this Venn diagram of subtypes where you have the the sort of like Mrs. Manners, uh high society, well to do the richest ones. Uh, your Grand dames, you know, your Lisa Vanderpumps, your Heather Dubrow's, they all fit into one circle. Then you have like the more kind of petty drama seeking housewives. And then you have these dance to your own, beat of your own drum housewives. And I feel like Heather and Whitney are both very much on that, that last circle where they both do their own thing and don't always necessarily seem to be striving to create drama with each other. And so to see them fight and to see them have this this sort of breakdown, it's it's awful because I love the two of them so much, and I do see like with Whitney with what she's going through, which which I'm, I just am so uh, appreciative of her being so vocal about uh, her her journey and and her uh, as she jokingly referred to it as her healing journey, her healing. Uh, <laughs> how she's filling and her yeah, healing. how she's filling and her healing journey. Um, but I think it's so beautiful that she opened up about, and that moment was, you know, a genuine moment that was like, you know, not a stage thing like they caught that live as it happened and for her to be so vulnerable and open. I think that's an incredible thing. I do think that she is someone who feels feels things so strongly that that often overrides i think a more measured and logical approach to how she engages with people when she when there's conflict that arises so i think that's a little bit of what is at play here where what she's trying to communicate isn't necessarily what's uh coming out because she's just so overwhelmed with the feelings of everything and that's where this these sort of Compiling miscommunications between the two of them have have built up to this point where, yeah, like they're really they're really uh, separated, really wedged apart. It's interesting you say that because it, it
1: reminds me almost a little bit of Beverly Hills with the Crystal situation that was uh, something that was explored in the reunion where I feel like yeah. Crystal wasn't able to. Uh, get the other women to understand. It was more about how she was feeling instead of like the logistics of the specific situation.
2: Danny, it's exactly like that. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was something that, you know, my wife and I, we were like yelling at the TV when you have all of these women, let's face it, of a certain age, of a certain generation who are saying like, but that's not what you said, but that's not what you said. And they're not able to really comprehend the microaggressions and sort of the difference generationally of how people are communicating and how the, how they're receiving. So like, you know, in terms of Crystal specifically, she felt that when she was engaging uh, uh, in those conversations that it wasn't safe for her and that like, I mean... <laughs> The whole thing about like you know, I was at a birthday party with my kids, and there was you know, and she's like listing off like that was so brutal and cringy, and you can understand why Crystal just didn't feel safe in that, but when so when she says like it was very dark, there was some dark, you know what I mean? It's like everyone was expecting there to someone to like drop. You know, like Like a a, specific sentence, a slur or something. They're they're like to, to, to all of these, these, these women of a certain generation, it felt like they were like waiting for something that was just atrocious and unforgivable in a very obvious and blunt way. But in reality, it's like, it's more nuanced than that. And yes, I do think completely different scenarios, but very comparable in how they approach uh, communication and conflict between Crystal and Whitney is that they feel things so much and that doesn't necessarily translate uh, verbally, but that doesn't mm. mean that it's not valid. Yeah,
1: it's interesting. I don't even know if Heather Gay understands what's going on. I And I want them to get over this, too. I want them to come together. Because I also don't feel like Lisa and Whitney's relationship will last. I don't believe that they, those two actually like each other. I think it's they're trying to make it work, but I don't think Lisa would have any allegiance to
2: Whitney. Uh, I, I would venture as to say, like, I d- I, what I think I love about Lisa is that I don't, I still can't figure her out. Like she keeps on, even though it's like, there's a continuity to how she behaves and what she says, it still is just surprising all the time. (laughs) And like, I really like, it's not surprising that she is kind of bouncing around to different people looking for alliances, but then it's also not surprising. Like you said, like, I don't think any of these alliances are really going to stick uh, she's and, just enigmatic in that way, and I love. And it. that's
1: what makes Salt Lake City so good to me. And I know some people have told me because we recap a lot of these shows on Everything Iconic, and people say, are saying they're not into this season of Salt Lake City. And what I love so much about it is that I don't know what's going to happen in each scene. I don't know. I think Jen, Shah, and Heather have this unbreakable thing, and then all of a sudden there's a scene where Jen Shaw is saying fuck Heather, and so. It's, I can't, I'm
2: on my toes the whole time that I'm watching it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I recently started following the, uh, housewives, uh, Reddit threads, like on Reddit. Cause it's like, you know, you want to, I'm not one of those people who really cares that much about what's going on in social media and what the tweets mean and the sub tweets and all that kind of stuff, but. I do sometimes want to get context behind what's, what's happening. And oh, yeah, a lot of people are complaining about this season being like, it's, it's, and then also complaining about the editing and complaining about like the, um, the slugs, the titles that are coming in and how they're like so tongue in cheek. And I'm like, I think this is great. I think that we need to evolve, um, the, form. The, 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 yeah, like the, it, it needs to, it needs to sort of go to the next level where we all understand that they know they're on a show. We know we're watching a show like the idea of reality is is it's never been further from the actual like uh, definition of the word. And that's OK. We need to all be like, you know, breaking down the fourth wall constantly. So yeah. uh I love it. I do think, though, that that unpredictability. But at the same time, the strangeness of knowing what's going on with Shaw, with Jen Shaw, while wow, it's just I yeah. it's chaotic and I love it.
1: And the other thing, I, I, I mentioned this on the show before, too, is like the scenes where uh, normally on the other franchises, we get the axe throwing on every season. We get the 1920s party. Yeah. And on Salt Lake City, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? We're doing choir auditions now? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And that's what I, I'm like, oh, we're doing choir auditions across from a spaghetti factory.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that it was a spaghetti. there was a, a spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti company, factory.
1: like right across this. It was at the Utah... uh Performing Arts Center. And you could see in the behind them in the window, it just said like spaghetti company or something, spaghetti warehouse.
2: <laughs> see, and that's just it. I love it. I I think that uh Salt Lake, uh, not to mention too the music. I feel like the music in Salt Lake, uh, they they figured they found like a new supplier or they went somewhere different. Not just, I'm not just talking <laughs> about the like the choral uh additions to all the songs, but I feel like they found they source, they're sourcing their music from somewhere else. And now it's across all the franchises where it's a way better, higher quality. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's like, again, Salt Lake City, Atlanta and Potomac, I think are leading the charge. Do
1: you miss Mary Cosby at
2: all? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was like, look, she was very problematic. And like, I hated so much of what she was saying. But at the same time, like, she was this really strange combination of, of, like I was saying, like the, the, the Mrs. Manners, they're sort of the Grand Dame, uh, type of housewife with the March to the Beat of Your Own Drum type, like, how chaotic it was that she, she was like acting like she was superior to everybody, but then like living this strange, like hermit lifestyle. And then like, she farted that one time, like just all, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, she's so strange and so, so wonderful in so many ways. But then also like the things she was saying were just terrible. And she had to go. There's no question there.
1: I'm just thinking of this theory that I had when it came to the real houses in New York, which has been off for a couple seasons. I know that the fans who loved, particularly middle season, early seasons of New York, loved it so, so much. It was like so important to them and myself included. But I noticed that people who don't like New York, they couldn't get into it. And I always attributed to the fact that some of these shows like Beverly Hills, I often think you can – put on in the background as you're cooking dinner, folding laundry, but something like New York moves really quickly and it's chaotic and there's changing allegiances. And in one minute they could be fighting in the next season, they could be made up. So if you are doing other things, it's, you're not sure what exactly is going on. And I wonder if that's maybe the disconnect with Salt Lake city too, is like, it's, there's so much moving and you, you can't just casually watch it. You have to sort of sit and focus
2: on it. No. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is that a lot of people, the way they want to uh, sort of absorb reality TV is exactly that very passively and like on their phones. And uh, yeah, some of the franchises you can still do that with, but I think there's certain ones that you can't. And I mean, what a gift that is though.
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: Um, I'm Potomac, Candace and Ashley. Do you think they could ever be friends? Uh, so again, I'm, I'm missing like four seasons of context, yeah. right? So, uh, I, I say, here, here's what I say. I think Ashley is, she to me is so fascinating because I just look at her again. I may be missing something here, but like, I think she's one of like low key, one of the greatest villains of Housewives history of all time <laughs> because she's constantly trying to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Candace, I know has had, a lot of um moments uh i i hope that they can find some kind of reconciliation and and, and because i do love that they're sort of on the younger side of things and i think uh similarly to why i love whitney and heather like they fall under i think very similar uh categories in this weird thing that i've done in my head (laughs) i love your (laughs) diagram (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's it it, i do think that they both are like you know bucking tradition a little bit and kind of doing things their own way and uh i think they're like it's better for the show if they are, uh, allies to a certain degree, which again, I love too. also that they kind of sort of find that. And then, you know what I mean? And that's, what's
1: so great about Giselle and Karen, I think is that frenemy situation. It's like, we want to see them fight. And then I love when they come together.
2: And also those similarly between the two of them though, it's it like, and uh, this is why I find Giselle incredible as well, because at that weird spring taco party, uh, like, she is so confrontational. Like, she just comes out and... and But I think all of, of Potomac is like that. And that's why it's such an incredible cast. Like, they all just, like, right there in the moment, say something horrendous or hilarious. And, like, the way she approached Mia, and it's just like, oh, uh, like, I love this look. What is this? Cancer? No cancer? It's just like, <laughs> what the... What? But it you almost not say that. It
1: has the energy of, like we know that we have to get this scene moving. So like, let's get it done and let's do, let's get into the meat and potatoes of what the producers want us to do. I feel like yeah. that's Giselle's whole vibe is like, I know that we we can do this quickly. We could do this the easy way or the hard way. And let's, I'd rather get out quick, uh, have a quick day of shooting. But
2: it is just also like, that's true. And I do think, again, it's important that uh, we as audiences like really acknowledge, like there are people behind the scenes really pushing for what is said how it's said it doesn't always uh have that that sort of feel of the influence but it's always there right there's always somebody there and i think that's a really good point that like she's just like probably someone who isn't sort of dancing around what the core message of the producer is for that scene she's just like okay that's what you want
1: fine and i think she really looks at it like a job and Ultimately, the only person who I think she really has a real tight connection with is Robin, but everyone else, I think she could kind of come and go. And so we've seen her feud with pretty much everyone because she's like, well, they're a cast mate and we might pretend to have a relationship, but... We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more from Dustin Milligan. Isn't Dustin great? I love getting passionate opinions about Bravo. Cannot wait to check out his movie, The People We Hate at the Wedding, on Amazon November 18th. As always, I want to thank ACAST. You can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want a signed copy of my book, it makes a great holiday gift. You can get a signed copy at everythingiconic.store. You can also get a copy at Amazon or your local independent bookstore or wherever you listen to audiobooks. I want to let everyone know that next week, for the Thanksgiving holiday, there will be a new episode next week. It will not be a recap episode, but we have some amazing interviews coming up over the next few weeks. I want to let you all know, though, for the holiday season, we might be missing some recaps here and there. Of course, we'll be missing Potomac and Salt Lake next week, I believe. But you can subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast to make sure you get all the updated episodes. But I do have family in town for Thanksgiving, so I want to let you know that. And then Christmas will be coming next month, and so the recap schedule will be a little off. Anyway, all that said, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Dustin Milligan. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code iconic all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe. And that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking... Uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow knit The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts Out the cost of the middleman, and passes us savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, Again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Quince. QUINCE.com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, you all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live and it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. the early seasons
2: of brony did you watch those did you say or yeah like definitely like the first two or three uh but i it was something where that was that was one relationship that i was in and it was sort of based around (laughs) that so once that relationship ended and and i was like uh, a little single for a while it it didn't continue and and then sort of hop back in I, i like that you're having relationships with women who enjoy bravo because otherwise that would be an issue Yeah. Well, and I actually think, so my wife now wasn't that into it. And it it was actually like a carryover, a gift from my previous relationship where I was just like, have you watched any of these? Cause like, they're pretty good. And, and you know, I don't, there was a while, like I'm much more invested now in the last few years than I had been, you know, I I was usually that guy on his phone or whatever while uh, she was watching. But yeah, I think there's just something about it where I just kept on like hearing things being said. And I would just be like, what, what, why, What?" But yeah, uh, they have great taste. Uh, maybe not in men, but they they have great taste in TV shows.
1: They have good taste in men too, Dustin. But let's talk about Jersey. So the Melissa and Teresa of it all, it seems like they're not going to be able to move past it. We haven't gotten any footage from the next season, but from what I understand, Teresa and Melissa have this huge falling out. Melissa didn't go to Teresa's wedding. And I don't know filming for the following season, which is we're looking into a crystal ball for years from now. Yeah. But I wonder if ter- it seems to me like Teresa's done. Done. She was just on my show last week, and I think she's done with Melissa and Joe.
2: Yeah. And so well, what sorry. happens
1: then? So what I mean, happens?
2: Yeah i I'll be honest. I never loved that conflict. Mm. I never. I never really loved it. It always to me felt like something where I was just like, uh, I'll be blunt. I'm not a, a huge Teresa fan. I know she's like a like a queen of of the franchise, but in a lot of ways, I. Uh, yeah, I just I it's it's incredible like I I said this on watch what happens live like she she literally creates her own reality that she she lives in or maybe I didn't say that. But like that <laughs> But like she like creates she she lives truly as somebody who lives in her own reality and uh I I it bothers me how uh hypocritical and and contradictory she can be and like uh in a way that I know sometimes it's exciting and funny and you and delicious and you love it but for her there's something about it where I just I I don't love it. And I don't love how badly she treats Joe and Melissa. That being said, I'm starting to get some of this like context. Cause I know everybody hates Melissa and Joe right now. And so I'm starting to get this context of like how they got on the show and, and fighting to like, get, like sort of ride her coattails or something. And like, she didn't even know they were going to be on the show. I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions about that yeah, too. And I, yeah. I think it's
1: still a little bit confusing in. Both of them seem so steadfast in their stories of how this happened, of them coming on the show. And, yeah, it's confusing to me. But I I wonder, though, if Bravo has to choose. Because it seems to me like they're not going to film anymore. And so if Bravo has to choose between Teresa and Melissa, just from... A scientific aspect or, or I don't know yes, what the no, right term just science. looking is at it, yeah. <laughs> just looking at it from what I know about Bravo. It seems to me like they would put their money behind Teresa more than Melissa. But then and, and even when when I look at the other women, I look at people like Margaret and Jackie who went to Teresa's wedding. I think even they know on some level like that's where their bread is buttered. Yeah. And so. Then that leads me to believe. Then will they just get rid of Melissa and Joe? Because we saw with Kathy and Rosie, they just have to. Yeah, they can't be on an island unless Teresa decides to step away from the show. But and I know Bravo doesn't like ultimatums, and so I don't know that Teresa would ever give like an ultimatum.
2: I I, I think she would. I, I think she specifically yeah. would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, i And I do think, frankly, she's one of the few people who kind of could. And that's probably uh, what she did exactly with Kathy yeah, and Rosie. Yeah, I do think that, and And and. Uh, I mean, here's what I'll say, which is sort of disheartening about the whole thing is like, Melissa and Joe on their own, I actually do enjoy them as personalities. And I, again, I I never loved that it was always sort of framed as conflict with Teresa, because I was just like, I feel like there's, if they could step away and just develop storylines outside of that, it, it would be uh, uh, fruitful. And then... I also the most heartbreaking thing is then we wouldn't have, which I think New Jersey's the only franchise to do this successfully, uh, is to have, you know, the 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 gang of husbands hanging out mm-hmm. and like like actually have these very entertaining entire B storylines uh throughout episodes of just the boys hanging out, so it were. Um, yeah. which I actually really love. Like Frank yeah, and, the Tanya Jersey and, Joe, and Joe works in that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. i think married to medicine to me does it the best i don't know if you ever dipped your no toe i have that. never seen that no. it's really good but they do a good they do good with the men where it's I'm i'm invested in their storylines mm. but then also yeah you think about that okay so they get rid of joe and melissa what happens to those men scenes because i really feel like joe does drive a lot of that stuff
2: yeah it's it's like like frank alone can't you know what i mean like he's the ultimate yeah. sidekick to joe uh, and then when you think about their stature, it's hilarious too, but yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's the one thing that I, I think it would be really, uh, heartbreaking about it is if we sort of lost that because, uh, I do think that that's a, for me personally, that's a big reason why New Jersey is really working right now, uh, is because of this, uh, sort of totality of their lives being explored through also seeing the men have their own issues with each other. Um, and then how they, they sort of deal with, uh, their various wives.
1: It also depresses me a little bit, just the, I'm Italian and the family of it all to just know that this family was completely torn apart because of reality TV is like, so kind of bleak when you think about it. And obviously there were other issues too, but yeah, uh, it's, it's tough. Um, okay. So Craig Conover, you hate him. What's, what's the <laughs> deal? <laughs> I
2: think, so here's what I uh, just, to, to be blunt, like I have a lot uh, of thoughts too. Uh, I haven't watched Southern charm um, because there was just a lot about it that, uh, you know, not to generalize, but just didn't appeal to me. Um, uh, Craig and Austin. I feel like I've seen them through the summer house and the winter house lens. Uh, And yeah, I don't think they're good. I don't know how else to say it. Like they, uh, their, they, their behavior, like again, this maybe is not indicative of who they really are. Maybe they're sure. uh, completely de- departing from their, their actual instincts and their, and the nature of, of their true personalities in order to make great television. If that's the case, then, uh, certainly I'll, I'll eat my words, but, uh, I have a pretty strong feeling that's not the case. I have a pretty strong feeling that they get drunk and act like dickheads. And, uh, yeah, they're just, I think, really good examples of, what is so heartbreaking about the dynamic between uh, men and women uh, in romantic relationships, because you know, whether it's with page or um, my God, I'm totally forgetting. Austin and Sierra. Austin and Sierra. Yeah. And it's like, and like Sierra too, like the, the, how emotional she got in winter house. Like when she was saying like, no, I know you're a good guy. I know you're this other thing. It's like, you can see her justifying why she allowed herself to get hurt by this pretty brutal guy who treated her awfully she's it's a awfully way for her to on i think camera in on front of camera. a national yeah. audience yeah yeah like 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 and and like double down on it three times like 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 uh, sextuplet double down on it or whatever and and you can see her in that moment where she's like getting all emotional being like i know this is not who you are and you're better than that and she's crying and it's like you can just tell that this is actually a manifestation of The subconscious truth inside of her that she needs to justify why she's staying with this guy. So she has to convince herself and therefore convince him and everybody else that he's actually not like this when it's like, well, he's only shown you that this is how he is. Sorry, I know you asked about Craig, but that was just an awesome uh, tangent. uh, But I feel it's the same. I think it's the same for both of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, what's interesting about Southern Charm is that there was this one really beautiful season. I don't remember which number it was, sort of in the middle. And it really was about these women in Charleston confronting the good old boy system. Yeah, And uh, these particularly older men, there was a guy, I think his name was like JD, and there was this guy Thomas on there. And these women really came together and this whole season felt like it was about women empowerment. And I loved seeing the women come into these roles and the frustrating thing as a viewer, it was like, we had that great season, which I think was probably the last good season of Southern charm. And then instead they, back, then the men like Austin and Craig, the network meeting it's like, then they are the ones who are now doing the spinoffs. And it just frustrates me. Cause I'm like, Man, these, we had some great moments with these strong women. And then it seems sometimes like the network tends to back these men who treat these women terribly.
2: Yeah. And again, I no, don't, I don't mean know, to laugh it, at that, but it's no, it's, it's, it is though, like it's heartbreaking because, uh, yeah, you don't know what the reasons are behind them. And, and that's the, uh, what you, like you said, it's frustrating because, yeah, you don't really know why that trend, uh, kind of continues, but, uh, certainly I can say that, uh, from, from what I gather online, again, I'm not super invested in, in that, but, uh, a lot of people feel this way. Uh, but then you just have other people, I think who, again, are watching a bit more passively and, yeah. and, you know, it is just kind of about what the title says, like the Southern charm of it, all of these guys. Um, I do yeah, want the I, best for page too. I love page. Well, that's that page to me is, is the, like page to me is like. Not that you necessarily want to do this, but like you could launch onto a housewife show the instant totally. you get married, and like you're you're to me she's like a Bethany, like she can just launch in, be sort of the underdog who you know doesn't have that traditional family, whatever thing that Bethany you know was sort of her launching point on on uh on Rony, but like yeah, love Paige, so I think funny. she's
1: got also just like an on camera sort of it factor
2: to me, Absolutely, and maybe
1: yeah. not everyone agrees with that. I'm sure there's people yelling or rolling their eyes, but I feel like Paige has that it thing but and so but she lo- for me she loses it with crack like it like i, well, I lose yeah that.
2: no it's it's that thing where uh again the the dynamic between uh as i've observed it, it uh like straight men and women when uh yeah, it's like there's these ingrained ideas of, of how you're supposed to behave as, as a woman or as a man. And that, of course, is heightened when you're on camera. And unfortunately, what it seems like for both Paige and Sierra on, on the, uh, the houses, uh, is that it, it's what is being enhanced is there, this, this sort of, uh, ingrained idea of, of that you need to be small for your man. You need to diminish yourself for your man. And it's like, it's horrific because, both of them but especially Paige, uh I, I feel like she's bigger than everybody on that like her what what she has to offer her personality and also like her wit i think that's the thing like she's just so funny and sharp and you can tell that it's not lines that she's being given like she's saying this you know off the cuff and yeah deserves more
1: yeah Yeah, Uh, I want to hop back to Beverly Hills for a second. Now, the three part reunion. Did you have a side when it comes to the Lisa Ren? I also want to know, like, who would what do you think the casting should look like next season? They're going to be taking some months off, uh, apparently, and then regrouping. They're not going right into filming. But what do you think should happen there?
2: Uh. So it, 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 for the first part of your question, I feel like, um, and this sort of came up on, on, uh, watch what happens live too. Like I, I don't take a side for either of them. I think both of them are telling half truths and, uh, one and a half lies. Like I feel like they're, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they're, they're both very much like just dropping in some of the truth, just enough to kind of get by. But it's all sort of, uh, icing on a cake of lies. <laughs> if, that, if that makes
0: sense yeah
2: um and so yeah that whole thing i just was like rina you know i know people have uh really hated her for a long time i i personally found her just kooky enough to to be uh uh still interesting for a while i think when the whole confrontation with kathy at kyle's house when it was supposed to be about kathy apologizing to kyle and then like how she was quite literally performing as though she's on like a scripted soap opera. You know what I mean? Like, like the way she was delivering it, it was bizarre. And um, it happened with Denise too, that towards the end yeah, of Denise's yeah. <laughs> season,
1: they had a sit down and it was just like, we're performing a soap opera. And it's, that's fun to watch. I
2: think. Yeah, it is. But it's yeah. also, and again, it's, that's that thing too, like which with Teresa, I do find incredible, but that Rena also like to a certain degree, she's a little bit more grounded with it, but is living in her own reality, uh, 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 in, in, in a way that's very entertaining. Um, In terms of the future cast, look, I love uh, Garcelle. Uh, The controversial opinion, I love Kyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the two of them are great together running the show too. Yeah, no, and and yes, and absolutely, I do think that's sort of uh, what's clear is that they are driving it now. Um, Crystal, to be honest, I would love to see her continue because I thought she was actually a great kind of antithesis to what you expect out of the housewives and like her eating disorder journey, I think was beautiful. And I, I really wanted that to continue, um, uh, to, to, sh- to sort of show her exploring that, um, you know, somewhere with Jackie, I think it's a really important thing to get out there. Uh, I think Crystal will find her footing too, because I, I don't, I think
1: she hasn't been a perfect housewife the past couple of years, but I feel like if we give her another season, I really think she could, in the same way, I think Garcelle sort of stepped into her
2: housewife-ness this past season. I feel like Crystal has it in her to be a really good housewife. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, I really do think that uh, because she does have that wit. And again, she's like sort of zoomed out from the rest of the the fray of it all in a way that I think is really, uh, yeah, it's great for the dynamic. So, I mean, like, uh, you know, Sutton, uh, while, while I don't love her, I do think like she plays a role that is sort of within the dynamic of everybody. She is the current, um, grand dame, Mrs. Manners and my Venn diagram. She is that, <laughs> uh, which, you know, is great. And then, you know, all the stuff with Erica, I think <laughs> anyway, so th- those would be like my core if, if, yeah. if I could. And then I think, I think, uh, kind of doing a half, sort of a half version of what roni's doing i think it would really be beneficial to sort of bring in some uh younger uh sort of alternate versions and have a bit of a generational uh Mm. clash thing happen not just like with with crystal but like to have more and actually in a great way that might reinforce and kind of um allow crystal to flourish a bit more as if there were younger cast members next to her that would sort of see things more from her perspective
1: we're so aligned, Dustin. I feel the same way. I don't think we need...
2: I, 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 Are Dorit, we best friends? Danny? I, think, I feel like we
1: have the exact same opinions on that. I think, especially Dorit, I would like to see her popping in. Like, I don't want to get rid of her completely. I just don't know that we need her full-time.
2: Dorit is, uh, yeah, like, it, it's funny that uh, with Sutton, Erica, Rinna, and Dorit, they all have uh, this thing where they... They speak so specifically, it's like they're doing a bit. I mean, Sutton, I know it's just like an accent kind of sometimes, but it's also like she's doing a bit of like a Southern Belle. And then like, yeah, Dorit, I mean, obviously is doing an accent because she's from like North Carolina. Yeah, she's doing some accent work. (laughs) Sutton always reminds me like she has peanut butter in her mouth and I'm just
1: shouting at the screen, like speed it up a little bit. And I imagine producers are like, okay, you have to get this, get your thought out quicker.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. A, a lot of time. her, yeah, like in in the the talking heads and the interviews things, a lot of her is just like reacting and and going like, what? Instead of yeah. actually speaking words. Yes.
1: Anyone you would like to pop back in? Would you like a, a brandy to pop back in a Denise, Kim
2: Richards, uh uh Eden Sassoon? Uh I I think Denise would be great. I think again, because it would sort of bring like her relationship with Carcel. I think there's still stuff there. And and uh yeah, I do think there's something interesting if Rena is gone. Uh, if she doesn't come back, which I don't know, that's going to happen. But if she doesn't come back, uh, and Denise, uh, yeah, I think as a pop in would be really nice. And, and again, Brandy too. Uh, I saw again. I, I'm I'm revealing a lot here uh, through Reddit. I got to see clips of of Bravo <laughs> Con and uh, and then also on Ultimate Girl Strip because she's on that on Ultimate Girl Strip too, right? right. Uh, Brandy. Yeah. Uh, and and so yeah, like I did actually. I was like, oh yeah, I remember. Like she was so iconic for so long. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this if she can if she can muster up some drama, it might be nice, Justin, I know I got to wrap
1: with you. Um, so let me just ask you a couple quick little lightning round sort of things. A quick Diane Keaton story from Mac and Rita. You start with her, and you she's the best. is she was she the best? Can
0: you just she was at least so tell wonderful.
2: Me she was so wonderful and like so real. and uh, was one of the the funniest things that I appreciate so much about creating the dynamic between the two of us is that she would walk onto set. Every single time, including the first time she ever saw me and was just like, is it too late to get somebody else for this? Can we and like <laughs> threatening to fire me all the time? Uh, it, it was very funny and really disarming and sort of allowed us to just sort of, you know, engage as real people. And uh, yeah, indicative of who she is. Uh, favorite Mariah Carey song? Uh, the uh, I don't know, the one with Jay-Z, I guess. Heartbreaker. Good choice. Yeah, 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 yeah uh Shit's creek will there be a reunion movie or something i know you probably get so sick of that but i i have no idea no one tells yeah, me yeah. anything i'll be the i'm like i'm like yeah, yeah. like the ninth guy on the call sheet there so
1: uh yeah i felt like i had to ask you a Shit's creek question but then i was like he answers this all the time what who wants to ask him the same question <laughs> <laughs> Icons. I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time. And I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with zero dollar delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass too pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only uh, menu items, uh, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change. Terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here, and one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made, and so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out, uh, and also check out the show True Blood, Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Okay, the people you meet at the wedding. Tell us about that. It comes out November 18th on Amazon. Um, People are going to get so mad at me because I talked about Bravo for an hour. It's
2: it's (laughs) totally fine. Uh, It's the people we hate Hate at at the the wedding. wedding. Yeah. Uh, uh, And uh, yeah, it's this really funny, raunchy, but also kind of like uh, like there's some very impactful, nice moments about family dynamics and dysfunctional family stuff. And it's all about, uh, this, this family that, uh, has a lot of problems, a lot of cracks in the veneers and they go to London for this wedding and it kind of all blows up. And in sort of picking up the pieces, they, they find a a a new kind of version of their family that I think, uh, again, it's very sweet, but very like funny and sharp. Uh, and raunchy and just a good time. Great movie. Look, watch some Housewives, and then just like flip over to Amazon and and stream it. And this time of year, right now, we're heading into Thanksgiving week with all of our families,
1: and it feels like the perfect movie to watch with your parents, with your in-laws, with whoever. Uh, yeah. I also have to say, I love Claire Scanlon, who directed it. She did yes. set it up, which is one of. If people haven't seen it, it's one of my favorites. It's a romantic comedy with Glenn Powell and Zoe, uh, Zoe Deutsch yes that's right um and it's so so good and she she directed this so i'm so excited to watch it because i feel like she does a good job of of having really good laughs because sometimes we see a movie that's like a comedy but there's no laughs.
2: laughs no she's she's great and like there's a bunch of amazing set pieces ben platt uh has some incredible uh set pieces like these very funny uh, moments in his sort of storyline, Allison Janney, who's hilarious. Just, I mean, come on, Alice effortlessly. She's also just so funny. And Kristen Bell, who I did most of my stuff with is uh, incredible and just so engaging and just crushes it. And then Cynthia Dye Robinson as well, who people might recognize from uh, the Lord of the Rings series uh, is also just so great and an incredible English accent for somebody who is not British. Amazing.
1: Did you ever work with any Bravo celebrities acting wise? Cause I know Sheena was on 90210, but
2: I think it was like one of the later seasons. Yeah. Cause I, I got canned after the first season. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, I've met a bunch before. So after the, after that, uh uh, uh, I was once invited to like throw a pitch at a Dodgers game and it was like me, Mel B, Gretchen and Slade. And, uh, the the manager from borat the guy who played <laughs> <laughs> from borat.
0: and and and, and so
2: that was that was i was just like i uh recognized her from the show obviously and i was like hey nice to meet you and she's like hi uh so no i i, I haven't worked with him but i met uh her i met uh billy and james uh from vanderpump at uh an award and and sandoval i met him there too Um, and then yeah, Whitney, and I'm probably forgetting someone else, but, uh, yeah, definitely have run into them. It's sort of IRL, which is always kind of more interesting because they're surprisingly not dramatic at all.
1: Yeah. Dustin, what a pleasure to talk to you on behalf of all of the Bravo community. We love hearing your hot takes. So thank you so much for stopping by. Everyone's going to check out the people we hate at the wedding, November 18th on Amazon. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. pleasure.
2: Yeah.